Welcome to episode one of Talking Dash. So um, this entire podcast is basically about us being able to communicate um, heaps about the industry, having some really cool guests, um, have some really cool segments, but I wanted to release segment one um, just to give the background and overview of what Dash is all about and what the journey has been like getting here and how we happen to even launch an agency, let alone have it grow over the past three years. So by the time this gets released, it's going to be our third birthday, which is crazy. Um, and yeah, I'm here today joined by Lauren Hanneman. So she has been a huge supporter of Dash since we started. Also, she The Social, which was the freelance brand before that, um, having interned with me twice. But she's also been a lifelong friend. Um, so Really, really cool to have her on today. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me here. I know. It's exciting. Um, so we are in a podcast room in Brisbane. We're having mimosas um, as it's our first official podcast together, just to make sure that we're nice and calm and can get into this properly. But we're excited. Should we start with a story about what actually happened with the mimosas? Yes. Are we going to tell Ellen? <laughs> <laughs> so I actually had fresh, cold champagne in my fridge and I had a nice bottle of OJ and I was ready to come down. Anyway, I was halfway to Brisbane and I realized that I had forgotten it. So I had a bottle of champagne in the back of my car for a friend's birthday that I'm going to tonight. Anyway, we are using that bottle now, but I'm going to buy another one later. (laughs) And we did add the OJ and you know what? Rosé and OJ, not a bad combo. It's actually working for us. It's working really well. So Tell us a little bit about you and why you're here and also like your career journey, your studying, all of that. I feel like it's just good context for you jumping on season one. I'm here because um, I am, as Bronte said, one of the OG interns from She the Social, so Dash before it was Dash, which we'll jump into later. Um, I was studying a Bachelor of Public Public Relations and Communications at Griffith in Brisbane and I was minoring in marketing and Bronte had kind of just started up the agency and... I found out she had an intern and then realized I had to do an internship for uni. So I did my uni internship through her and then just loved it so much that I went back for a second. Just really wanted to get into the... Wanted to hang out. That's all it was. It really was. She did have an office dog at the Mm -hmm. time. So I was there for Louis. Yeah, we all were. Don't worry. Um, So that's my story and why I'm here. Yeah. Where, where did it begin? Where did we start? Yeah. Okay. So um, I actually started pretty heavily in the entertainment industry. So um, when I was doing my degree, I was doing a public bachelor. Uh, <laughs> public bachelor? <laughs> you too. I, <laughs> I was studying a bachelor of public relations, minoring in journalism. Um, and that was a full-time degree. While I was there, I was also working three other jobs. So I was working um, a retail role. I was working for an events company. I'm doing like catering jobs and stuff for them, which was cool. And then I was also a promoter initially for a venue. So kind of like a nightclub scene venue. Um, and then that nightclub role kind of evolved into something that was full-time and pretty much got me through uni and also introduced me to marketing in general, which was cool. Okay, so you started studying public relations, thinking that's kind of the field you would go into, Mm -hmm. and this job made you realize you wanted to do marketing more so? Yeah, pretty much. Um, It just, I think it was more so rather than making me realize it, I realized the power of social media through this role. And then I was like, oh, 
And then once I understood that, it was hard not to be really interested in it and not to be kind of pulled in that direction. So okay, okay. And I guess yeah. when you when you're good at it, when you realize what you're doing is working, you're like, this this is something I should do. It's aligns. <laughs> okay, okay. So more about this role, actually, mm-hmm. I should mention. We should talk about. Yeah, let's say it. We worked together. We did. I was there. Yeah. For part of it. Also took over part of my role when I left. I so did. Huge part Kept of that. Kept the legacy alive for mm-hmm. a minute there. Yeah. And you did well with it too. My boss, who was the entertainment manager, he um, left abruptly. and Scandal. A scandal. It was a bit of a scandal, I won't lie. And then the um, only other person in the venue above him who managed the entire venue was like, hey, do you want to come be the entertainment manager? And I remember being like, um, like I can but do you know that I'm still at uni and I know nothing about this industry and I know I like have no idea what I'm doing and she was like yeah but you like you know the most out of everyone here so it's actually huge because like how many promoters were there literally there was like I don't know I think there was like 10 at the time maybe yeah so I feel like yeah. being asked to be the one to come up you're like hi thank I you I mean sure I work three jobs but yeah I'll do that <laughs> it's very cool it was like it was cool because I feel like yeah there's a few other people around that I thought would have being pitched but I think because at the time I was helping a lot more with the events because of my degree as well like I sort of like saw that opportunity um yeah which was really cool to be able to grasp that and then go into it and I literally remember like it was actually quite scary initially because I was like I don't know what I'm doing like and I, I literally remember sitting down and being like okay what do I know about this job and this role in this industry and what don't I know um and what can I learn really quickly um and there was a massive chunk of the industry I didn't know but there was some things I did know that I had learned just from being around like the situation in the in the industry so far so um I just started kind of focusing on the relationships that I was building I focused really heavily on training the interns uh (laughs) straight back into corporate and promoters (laughs) um and making sure that they knew what they were doing and I remember it being a real process as well of like not understanding social media on a really deep level like I do now, but knowing that it was a massive avenue for the people that we're trying to connect with and understanding that when I did little tiny things, like I realized if I posted it in the morning versus in the afternoon or at night, I had really different engagement levels. And I literally remember writing down this like list in a Word doc of like, okay, post it this time and like people prefer this type of imagery. Like they preferred pictures of the artist versus posters of the artist and that was something that I picked up really quickly and they preferred video and this was before I really understood. And this was also like kind of back before social media, like marketing was a thing. Before it was was like saturated as. What year was this? This would have been, I don't know, I was 20. Yeah, so Wow. I know. Back in the day. I know. I know. 27 now. It's crazy. Seven years ago. But like you think back seven years, like social media wasn't like not like every business now you have to have it. Like no matter what you are, you have it. But back then I feel like it was a kind of like untouched. Yeah. Untapped market. It was. I think think? seven years ago. Definitely. People just didn't know that it was so bad. Like this was before Instagram reels. I'm pretty sure it was before stories were even a thing. Like we were literally just posting and that was it. And we had Facebook and Instagram and even paid ads were like minimal, like we were just boosting posts every now and then. Um, but it was still a really strong tactic, like the entire campaigns worked really, really well. We had massive engagement on the accounts for the time, so it was really cool to see that. And then I was artist liaison, I should say, so that was taking care of the artists while they were here. So on the Sunshine Coast for 
um, shows and then like on the evening of the show, but then also outside of that, if they were here for a weekend, I would hang out with them and take care of them for that. So we'd just be being paid to hang out with all yeah. these international acts. Yeah, honestly, like, yeah, I really can't complain about that chapter of my life because it was very fun. Very, very cool introduction to like marketing, but also the rest of it, I guess. Okay, and then so when you say it introduced you to marketing, mm-hmm. how do we, what did we get from the entertainment industry? Mm-hmm. So hugely, I think, I don't know, there's a big part of that taught me about um, the influencer industry because I was working with promoters. So I had a team of 12 promoters and half of those I hired when I um, became the entertainment manager. Like I think we had... We had a bigger team and then it died down a little bit and then I hired again and I was like, okay, I know how to promote and I know what to do um, to, you know, really push this um, event that's coming up and push ticket sales and whatever else. But I was like, I have to actually train these people on how to do it and make sure that that standard is kept across the board. Um, and keep in mind, this is at 20. So like I, I was half guessing, like I didn't really know what I was just doing, but I knew, I think. I knew what I did know and I know that sounds dumb but like I knew that I had already done a bunch of this myself and so I was like okay well I know xyz works so I'm going to tell them to do xyz even if I was guessing the rest and didn't really know exactly how to roll it out I was like well I know that's a fact because it's worked for me so I'm going to make it happen for them if that makes sense so I taught them um, exactly how to do it I wrote them up manuals I wrote them up schedules I wrote them up this is what I want you pushing and promoting and talking about online and when you should be posting and the way you should be posting and who you should be tagging and um, it worked really well and I think that that experience um, ties a lot into what we do with influencers today because all it really is is tapping into their audience and tapping into the trust that they have with their audience and so it's a really similar process essentially. So you just said earlier that you were 20 years old when you were doing this like how did you find taking on running basically a whole venue and especially in like a predominantly male run industry like how did that go for you? Yeah um so like yeah so I was definitely managing the full nightclub side of it which was really cool and I actually loved that like I love being given the reins and a budget and being like make this work um which was pretty much where everything kind of evolved from um but yeah it was it was hugely male dominated and like people don't realize in that industry um the entertainment industry in Australia it's actually tiny like everyone knows each other like everyone genuinely knows each other in that industry so it is hugely relationship based and I recognize that really early on being in it so when I started um, it's kind of similar to my journey I guess coming into the marketing industry like I was really young um, I was new to it I was female um, I hadn't done a lot with it before and I knew that the process of gaining respect was going to be something that I was going to actively have to work at. Like it wasn't just going to be something that was going to be handed to me because of the role I had. It was something that I was going to have to push for, especially initially. And I had to kind of set the standard of this is who I am. This is my place here. um, And this is the way I expect to be treated. And then it would roll out from there. And so it's like, it's one of those things that if you do initially, it can be two weeks of being uncomfortable. And then it's years of, you know, having that standard set for you. So you do have to do it and you have to push yourself in that direction. So yeah, I remember um, definitely there was like one instance where I made the active decision. I was sent a artist and the manager was trying to charge me double for the artist. And they emailed me like, hey, here's this offer. Like, it's a really good one for you. And I knew that we'd booked them six months earlier outside of me managing it um, for half that price. And I was like, okay, I make a decision either 
accept this to, you know, keep this guy happy, keep this relationship um, really level and just kind of keep it all smooth. Or I push back on him and hopefully gain some respect and, um, you know, set the standard of the way I expect to be treated. And what I knew at the time, which I don't think they knew that I had already recognized, was that I had a bit of power because they needed our venue for their tours. We were one of the main venues in Australia that they wanted to tour to. And I was like, I know that. So don't act like I don't know. They it. were acting. They probably thought that they had that though, because you were yeah. a 20 year old girl yeah. in the industry. Like totally. they, knew. And they as, knew what they were doing. And as much as they hadn't heard my name, I had heard theirs many. So I was like, I know. I know what's going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm clued on. Yeah, exactly. A lot more than I think they realized, which was really, it was still, it would like, as much as I had that to back me, it was still confronting. So I remember pushing back on this guy and I was like, I can't just push back. I mean, like, I'm not going to pay that because then he'll be like, oh my gosh. So I was like, okay, I've got to back this up with facts. So I went back to him and I said, okay, cool. Here's my Instagram stats on the fact that this artist hasn't grown in the past six months. They've also not released any new tracks. They've not done any tours. Here's what we paid last time. Please justify, um, you know, doubling this rate and um, we can discuss it from there. And they literally came back and were like, oh, okay, you know what, like, let's just go with what we did last time. Um, That's a good thank you so much. Like, let's book it in. And I was like, oh, thank you. You may now Mm -hmm. exit the chat. Yes, thank you. We've done this. We've settled it. And then from then I didn't get... I didn't get really terrible offers anymore. And the thing was like, I, I, you know, I built relationships with other people in the industry. So I started to know exactly what to expect. And, um, and I think as well, starting with speaking with that person and like you said, the industry is so small, he's probably mentioned, Oh, like don't mess with that venue. Like she might seem, she might seem young and naive. She's not. Yeah. Yeah. She's not. Yeah. She's not. No, I like, and it was, like I said, it was an active decision. You can't just be like, Oh, I know I'm, um, bigger than that and better than that, but expect it to just naturally come out. Sometimes, sometimes you do have to push yourself to really set that standard and make that known. Um, and that was, it was scary and it sounds, you know, easy now talking about it in a podcast when like I own a business, but being 20 and inexperienced and having nothing really to back me aside from the name of a venue was a really like a scary thing to do. Cause I was like, some of the managers I'm emailing are literally, you know, with the biggest artists that we all know. And I was like, this is a bit of a scary thing because I know there's power behind it, but you know, it paid off and I'm, I'm still in contact with so many in that industry today. And like, we're still, you know, close and friends. And I genuinely don't think that would have happened if I was a pushover at the start. Oh, there was the time um, with Galantis at Stereo, I think it I was. I do remember this. This is one of my favorite stories about you because of course you got into this situation. Yeah. Let's talk about how, what happened. Okay. It's not that big a story, but it was like, it's a huge story. well, this is just like, this is what that lifestyle was like. And this is what I wanted to dive into because like I said, it's just so different from my lifestyle now, which I love. And I'm glad that I moved away from just, I think as well, at the, your age is different. So totally. like, at the time, this was like the best thing. I remember, even I like ended up working with you, but before that I was just like, oh my God, this is the dream yeah totally totally so um yeah so I I messaged um someone who was working stereo and I was like hey I'm I want to come backstage because I wanted to see like I feel the artist that I was working with at the time and he was like yeah that's so fine but I need a favor and I was like what's the favor he was like <laughs> okay <laughs> and I was like do you want to dress up as a sea cat and I was like what is a sea cat for one um and it turns out it's yeah Galantis is like little animal that they have um I don't know if they would call it like a logo or an ambassador but like a mascot a mascot Mm -hmm. yeah that's what I would call it good point yeah so um he was like yep you have to do that so I literally like put on a 
a cat head that I couldn't see through and they like guided me up to stage and I danced for a minute as a sea cat in front of like thousands of people. How do how do sea cats dance? Please oh, honestly, <laughs> we don't know. I was not given a routine. They were just like, just go and just be energetic and go for it, feel it. Yeah, we've never seen the footage, so we're just gonna say it was fabulous. I agree. I think it was fabulous. Yeah. yeah. Um, can we talk? What song was it? Should we? Yeah. Should do I? It was Runaway. Do you not know it? I do not. You should know it. You this were there. I probably you know there? this song. I wasn't that. Oh my gosh, you Did didn't see it. Okay. I thought you were that, but that's okay. You will know the song. I'm going to play the song. Okay. Think I can fly. Okay. Think so you do. I know the song. Okay. I know the song. I don't, I do not know. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what a sea cat is, but I know the song. No one does. Okay. But it was me. I was the sea it's cat. You, you're the sea cat. Okay. Yeah. So that was, um, yeah, that was like the start of it for me, like that lifestyle. But it was really fun to be immersed in. I really like got around um, that industry. Like I said, I worked really, really hard in it, which I think was like a massive part of it. But that was also, yeah, just the fun, cool side of it. But then eventually I was just like, cool, I've done this. I've had this chapter. It's been really, really fun. I've made amazing connections, had a lot of cool experiences. But um, when I finished my degree, I was like, okay. I need to move on from here. It's time It's time to wrap up the party lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So then what did we do from there? How did we get from there to here? So um, as part of that, so as part of me leaving that entertainment industry and like, like I said, like really starting my journey in social media and understanding the power of it because so much of the success of that venue came from social media and what we were putting out at the time, which was all orchestrated essentially by me through the promoters and through the venue channels. Um, I was like, okay, cool. I really want to work somewhat in this industry, but I also had studied public public relations. Why? Sorry, what, what did you study? <laughs> I do it too. I do because I try to say it too quickly. Yeah, because I have the same degree. I say it quite often. I tell people, but public yeah. relations. <laughs> public relations is what I study. I don't know why I always stumble, and I minored in journalism. So I was like, well, which is the same industry. It's all media and so is social media. So it does honestly Can we touch time. on that just quickly? Because mm. people think that. They're like, oh, you did PR, you know. Well, actually, they're like, what's PR? Yeah, firstly. <laughs> people are like, that's not a thing. But they're like, oh, marketing. So you do Facebook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Does that not annoy you? No. See, like when, when I talk about PR, people immediately think of TV. And I don't know why that is. Like they're like, oh, public speaking and TV. And I'm like... No, like, and honestly, though, like in doing, so studying public relations, which is heavily traditional media, I guess, when I was doing it at least, um, so much of it, yeah, literally, (laughs) they don't even, at my uni, at USC, they don't even offer PR anymore. I was the last year that did it. Me too. (laughs) So it's a bit sad for us. But I feel like the concepts tie over to blogs and the concepts tie over to influencer marketing and they tie over to media in general because a huge part of it is about understanding your audience and what they want from your brand and like yeah that ties into media in general so I'm really glad that I did my degree because I think it gave me a really good base level yeah it's very like it covers a lot of yeah covers a lot of bases it does and like and kind of like that core understanding of the way that people respond to brands so I think that that has actually tied into everything I do now really well which makes sense yeah yeah yeah. So, um, yeah. So I, I left the entertainment industry and I was like, okay, I 
don't really know where to start, but everyone was looking for businesses um, to work for and like brands that they like. So I started just Googling PR and social media in my local area and I found an agency that was doing both. Um, so I just threw myself at them. I was like, okay. yeah. I you was just like, decided. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're my brand. I'm going to work for you. I work here now. <laughs> just yeah. email them, didn't you? You're not, you don't know this, but I'm already part of your team. No, what time looked, do I start on Monday? <laughs> I Honestly, that was always the tone of my emails. Like I was like, okay, hey, like, do you want to have an intern? And they were kind of like, no, initially. And I was like, you know what? Like, and I just mapped it out and they were like, okay, cool. We'll take you on for like, I think it was honestly like four weeks to start with, unpaid, obviously. And obviously, because our industry is very heavily unpaid interns. Yeah, yeah, which is like a huge thing. And usually it's uni students, though, which obviously ties in with their degree, but I was post-uni, so I was like, it's fine, though, four weeks, can do, excited for it. Were you four weeks full-time? No, no, it was like two days a week, I think. Okay. But the way I used those two days was I was like, okay, if I'm going to have an internship, I'm going to take advantage of this, and I'm just going to learn every process that I can of theirs, every system, every way that they do things, every platform they're using. Because I was like, if I can make myself really valuable, how can they get rid of me, basically? So I did that. (laughs) nailed it, because what happened next? (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly. I um, I went from interning. And then luckily at the time they needed an admin. So just to do kind of like emails and just like calls and stuff. So I did that for a little bit and then they needed project support. So I was just kind of like learning the ropes of their projects and everything. And then I moved from that into project management, which is the bulk of where I was yeah, managing clients and projects and social campaigns and that side of things. So huge transitions all over literally three, uh, six months, I think it was actually. So yeah. Six months and then I was so in that So you turned a four-week forced internship yes. that you forced on them yes. into six months of actual employment. Yeah. And so what happened next? Why did we move on? Yeah, I just realized. So I loved it. I was there for 12 months in total. Um, I learned so much about the industry and the way that agencies work and the way it's structured because I, I didn't even know. Like, like I didn't know really what an agency even was. And I think a lot of people that are coming into the industry actually don't know that either. Like they're like, okay, but what's an agency? Like how does it actually work? Um, and I was definitely one of them. So I, it taught me a lot about that. And I think coming from the entertainment industry where connections and relationships were so crucial and the way you worked with people was so different where you were really closely connected to them like I would text them all the time like people in the industry and be like hey want to do this want to work on this project why don't we pitch this up and it was just really um personable going into something that was so structured and process based I was like you know what I kind of want to take that experience from the entertainment industry where it's really personable and pull that into something that I can offer clients myself so I decided to leave there as much as I enjoyed it. Like I said, I enjoyed the industry and I loved it and I loved what we were doing, but I was just like, I just the opportunity here to do something in my own way, I guess. So I, yeah, I left and my whole concept, so I've said this before, was six months. That was like my thing. I was like, okay, I have six months to turn this into something or I'll be looking for another job because I already knew that I wanted to leave this agency um, and do something else. So I was like, if I'm looking for a job now or I'm looking for a job in six months time because whatever it is I'm trying to launch and do fails, the only difference will be a dent in my savings and a dent in my ego. And I was like, you know what? I can, I'll take that. Like if that's what's going to happen here, that's fine. I can handle that, you know? Risk versus reward. Literally, literally. And six months of just, you know, 
living on minimal money and just trialing something, I was like, that's fine. I can do that. Like if I get two clients max then that's still covering most of my bills and you know, I can handle that for a little bit. And then if I have to look for a job after that, fine, so be it. I'll just look for a job after that. But at the time it just seemed like a risk that I wanted to take. And it was something that as much as it was terrifying, I was also really comfortable with. And I was like, I'm just going to do it. I think once you've made the decision Mm -hmm. to just do it, you're in. Yeah. So, so what, okay. So starting She the Social. Yes. Which was, let's talk about first was Dash before it was Dash. Yeah. Was She the Social, which is my, my entrance to to the Dash world was through, through She the Social. Yeah. So So how did she come about? So she, um, she the social was my baby freelance brand, which still has a special place in my heart. Mine too. I know, bless. Um, it was all done from my kitchen table. Um, it was we had the office dog Louie. Um, we just hung out in my lounge room. Essentially, I tried to make it as somewhat professional as possible, where I was like, "Welcome to the office." This is she the social. But we don't have to wear pants. No, we can do whatever we want here. Like it was very casual and it was weird. Like I've talked about this before where owning owning a business like that, it was like, it was literally almost like sitting down without a job, opening a laptop, you know, setting up an Instagram page. Um, I got a local guy on the coast to make me a logo, which I loved. It was a lime green and I made him do a thousand different edits to the font before I found one I loved. And then I was like, cool, this is my logo. I have a business now. And I sat down with my laptop and I was like, welcome to my business. This is my business. And like, I think when people are like, where'd you start? I'm like, that's where I started. They're like surprised, but I'm like, what, what, like, that's the only place to start when you're a startup like that. Like there's nowhere else that you can go from like the early days. So, And so then when people, and I know this happened because I am one of the people, yes. ask you, how do I start a business? Yeah. That's your exact advice. Yeah. And it's so, because I like, okay, sympathy to you because I remember asking people early days, like, so how do you start a business? And they're like, oh, just start. Like, okay, that's so frustrating because you're like, okay, well, when I haven't started, I don't know what that means. Like you're intimidated by everything. You feel like you have no idea where to even look. You don't know what starting looks like. But I think looking back on it now, I understand so heavily what people mean when they say that because it's like starting is any single action that you can take that takes you from point A to point A, point one. Like Like the tiniest little move that you can make is worth everything. Like getting a logo or like deciding on a business name or writing in a word document um, idea one like that is a step towards it and do not like overlook those steps they are literally crucial to starting anything it's like that idea that you have when you're laying in bed or when you're driving or like you're talking to someone you're like oh my god that's a cool idea like that is the start of your business so like don't overlook that because it is that's starting essentially but it's just about this step that you take from there that that like starts that process essentially. So I think that's what we mean when we're like, just start. So you started, you started this whole brand four years later, you're still arriving and it started with the word doc at your kitchen table, no pants on. Yeah. hundred percent jog next to me, like homemade coffee. I'm like, yep, cool. I think I'm going to start a brand. Can we, do we still have the doc? I'm hundred percent. It would be on my computer somewhere and I'm sure it is the cringiest document we've ever seen. I want to see it. Okay, we need to bring it <laughs> Look, if I can find it, I promise Please we'll post it. it. We'll post Did it. Did we somewhere. hear that? 
Yes. That's being done. So promise audience, we're on. It'll be posted. Yeah. No edits. <laughs> no edits. Straight up as it is. Like Cringy I'm scared. I'm scared, but if it's going to help someone in that I journey, I'll do it. I mean, it'll help me. Mm-hmm. And it'll be good to see the ideas of Dash, but at the time she's a social from those ideas oh to God. see that, like, you'll, the audience will get to see what I've seen because I've seen it from day dot before she, I saw her in her party days. Yeah, 100%. And it's been a journey, let me tell you. Like, even, okay, so by the time this podcast is released, we're going to have the new brand being rolled out already. And it's like crazy from She the Social to Dash as it was to like new Dash like oh my gosh like what a process to get to so yeah I'm excited for it the growth we love the growth we love the growth we love it um so yeah so when I was doing that business I yeah so I launched it I was like cool here's my business here's my brand here's what I'm doing and the next thing that people ask from like when did you start to is uh how did you get your first clients I think that's the next thing usually on people's mind yes Okay, so where did, where did they come from? Because you're a new business. <laughs> yeah, I'm a baby freelance, business. A baby business, freelance social media agency with zero clients. Yeah. How did we do it? Yeah, so I honestly, like when people ask, I'm like, how did I do it? But it was, it was through just like posting on social media, which is cool because it validates everything that I do as a brand now. But um, it was just posting regularly on Instagram and in Facebook groups. Like I, honestly, like it, it ties back to how do you start? I was just like, what avenues do I have to connect with people that could be my clients? And, and I just tapped into them. So you set up social media mm-hmm. as She the Social yeah. and started posting. Yeah. So I started posting on Instagram and Facebook. Those were my two channels. That was all I had. And um, it was really basic. So, I mean, th- this was my core area, though, was organic socials. I knew how to do it absolutely, you know, incredibly in terms of strategy-wise because I had been doing it for years from the entertainment side into this agency. But it's weird. It's different when it's your own business. Like, I was like, hey, cool. Like, like I know what to do, but it felt weird kind of communicating my own brand through those platforms. So, one of the um, – this is so funny – one of the first things I did was I recorded this super bad video of myself. I'm like talking to the camera and I'm like, hey, here's three tips for social media. And I would love to know what the tips were because they would have been Does so the video basic. still exist? I don't know. We need to dig this up. I know. I'm going to try. We're digging up all the old, like the, the foundations of, <gasps> we're doing it, foundations of Dash. This would be hilarious. And it is being released in like a, a fucking four part <laughs> Honestly, this is what the series is about. If we're going to go right back, we might as well. If I can dig up any of this, I promise you it will be posted because it will be not only yes. like validating for so many people looking to start brands, but also just like hilarious fast to look back on. So like, why not? I'm into it. Okay, let's do that. Yeah. So I posted this video where I would have been like three tips for social media. Um, Firstly, like be yourself. I don't know, like post at like regular times, whatever it was. Terrible video. I honestly kept it up for, I'm not, I I feel like it was honestly like two hours. Like I'm not exaggerating. I was like, this is the worst video I've ever done. Like I was just embarrassed. I was early days. I was feeling really intimidated by the whole industry and everything that I was doing. So I was like, oh, I deleted it. Before I deleted it, um, a guy called Aaron had seen it and he was like, reached out to me and was like, hey, um, I saw your video. I own this like business management, like business I don't know what you call it like business training um and he was like 
we actually want someone to do our social media for the businesses that we train every day and like that we coach. Would you like to be our social media person? And I was like, this seems weird. Like that was the worst video, but I was like, okay, tell me a bit more about it. And it was this full massive legitimate business in Australia that coaches hundreds of business owners. And I was like, oh, okay, amazing. So I sent him over some stuff and he was like, let's do it. And that was one of my first clients. And he literally ended up flying me around Australia to train these business owners. This is wild because can we clarify, he sent you a DM mm-hmm. on She The Social? Yeah. Okay, let's let's think right now to our mm-hmm. DM requests, like yeah. what's in there, like all these like, oh, you should be our ambassador. Yeah. Like how many of those are there? Yeah. This is like, back in the day, I guess it was a bit different. Yeah, that was less spam, but it was still very, I was like, wait, okay, you and, like what? <laughs> and now it's just worked out. Mm-hmm. Like it was real and it was a thing and it's happening. Yeah, it was hugely a thing. And I think- like, like I said, again, it ties back to just starting. Like you cannot predict where your clients are going to come from. Like that was a spur of the moment video I posted, hated, deleted. And I still got a massive opportunity from it that impacted my business for the next 12 months. Um, and, you know, like the other person that I had really early days, it's kind of a funny story, was Ben um, from Avis and Funk. So he was... I remember Avis and Funk. Yeah. yeah. They were one of the like full OG as well yeah. um, clients. So I met him at like an after party or something for some event. And I remember him. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was like really <laughs> young. <laughs> he was really young looking and he walked up to me and he was like, hey, we we're just talking. I was like, yeah, you know, I've just started a social media business. And he was like, so funny you say that. I've started a law firm and I'm looking at this kid being like, you actually look so young. Like you looked like a graduated high school. You are not a lawyer. Literally. And I was like, okay. And he was like, can I get your details? Like I'll contact you. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give him the details anyway, because like, we'll just see. Yeah. He might just want your number, but we didn't know. And I was just like, whatever, here's the number. Here's the, she, the social details, like hit me up when you have your law firm. Two weeks later or three weeks later, calls me. Hi, Bronte. It's Ben Avis. Um, like, a law firm is launched. Here's the website. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're legitimate. And the fun thing about him is he's still my lawyer to today. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, that is connection at its finest. <laughs> I, I love that. That's I know. Beautiful. And, they, yeah, they're growing amazingly, which is awesome. And, yeah, he's literally just done all my client contract updates. And I'm like, yes, I love that. <laughs> do you still do his socials? No, we stopped doing them about a year in um, because they grew so much they ended up taking over, which was just awesome. Amazing. So, which is cool. And then, like, I mean, even, um, like, a fun story from when we started, which ties into that one, was – I remember being, I think this was honestly early days dash, but it just shows you how good connections can be. I got a call from a client and this was like a bigger client for us at the time. And they were like, okay, we want da 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 all this stuff. And I was like, yes, we can do that, 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 that. And then right at the end of the call, I'd like process them through everything. I was like, yep, let's do it. And they go, do you do email marketing? And I was like, yes. We absolutely do. And he was like, okay, amazing. Great. We're signing up. It sounds good. Blah, blah, blah. Let's sign off. I was like, yep, cool. Sounds good. Hung up the call. And I was like, we don't do email marketing. We need to start email marketing. We need to do it. And I was like, okay. I was terrified because I was like, I've just told this guy we do it. Normally, I'm really, really transparent with clients. But it wasn't a situation where I was like, oh, I'm going to lie to him. I knew for a fact that I could figure it out and find someone in that space because it was already on my mind. So I was like, if I can't find it to a standard that I'm happy to represent as, you know, part of the brand, I will just cut it. But I felt like I could do it. So 
I um, just threw yourself in the deep end there. I love actually. it. I know it was terrifying, but um, I ended up jumping on LinkedIn and I just searched like so many email marketers and I finally found one based locally um, in the Gold Coast who had worked for some huge brands. And it was cool because she had do, been doing her own uh, like business on the side of the full-time job that she was doing. And so we started working together. She did that client, was amazing with it. And then I think like a year after that, she emailed me being like, hey, you know, like I'm loving our partnership and I think I'm going to go full-time in my business to keep building it. So we continued our partnership and we still, again, like are working with her today on email marketing for like, like our four, bigger contracts four years later yeah which is just crazy like how cool to like see brands kind of build together which I think has just been such an amazing part of the journey so far so we grew from um like the interns that we had and those relationships into literally building a team behind she the social at the time and hiring yeah and so I was obviously one of those in- technically two I did two internships you did um and before me there were two yeah no, that was one, I think. That was one, yeah. So I was like, yeah, because I saw that she was interning and I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. Why can't I do that? And it turns out I could. And you did. And I did. And now here I am, years later, still (laughs) part of the brand, I guess. (laughs) Um, Not as much part of the brand as if I was hired. Okay. So Lauren is mad at me for something could happen but okay before we dive into that do you remember intern takeover week because this is everyone's favorite thing to bring up when I talk about she the social days do you recall I do not please inform me okay so intern takeover week was when every intern I had so I think I had well you did two I had Tamara who did one and I had Steph at she the social and everyone had to do intern takeover week which was where they took over the social media and I gave them like set topics to talk about on the social channels and no one enjoyed it, but it was so much fun because like, I would just be like, okay, talk about your internship, talk about what you're learning, talk about your degree or like what you want to take away from this. And I got everyone to jump on the socials. And I think honestly having structures like that in place were actually like a really fun part of the brand because we've carried so much of that into Dash. We don't do intern takeover week, but we do, um, yeah, I guess some pretty similar like processes. So do you remember doing that for yourself? I actually don't. Do what did not? I do? You jumped. You definitely did. Do you I know remember. What? I remember we bought a ring light. Yes. And I had to make the video, and it was the most cringe thing. And like, there's no. Oh. That was intern takeover week. Do you know what? If we're digging up my old documents, I'm gonna try and find Warren's <laughs> old intern takeover. Do- yes, we're doing and it. And it was it was bad. And I'm just like the most. The thing with me and videos is that if I have. Snapchat open and I've got a filter on my face with those little butterflies. Mm-hmm. They give me the confidence. Yeah. I will talk about anything. And you've got the sass. I, yeah. And it's like whatever, normal stuff. If I am told a topic to talk about, oh my God. Yeah. Why are you doing I so just, well today then? Well, this is different. No one can see me. Oh, but the camera is on. Oh, hello. <laughs> no, I don't know. But it's, I don't know. It was very cringe. And when you watch yourself back, it's like mm-hmm. awful. And your head reverses. Mm-hmm. But Snapchat, selfie mode. It doesn't. doesn't. So it's yeah. like, fine. oh my God, I'm still cute. Look, I think you did really well. I did not. But She's that's lying. So if, she, if she digs it up, you'll see it was awful. Oh it would damage the brand if you bought it. <laughs> I cannot wait to interview Steph <laughs> and ask her because I know for a fact she hated intern takeover week. But to be fair, it was one of my favorite parts of that whole. <laughs> she just <laughs> loved watching us square. Because <laughs> I had to push myself to do it. So I think I was like, okay, cool. If I have to do it, everyone else has to do it. Um, but yeah, no, literally like with Steph, doing it like I remember hiring her as an employee and that 
felt like the biggest step I could possibly take. Like, I remember, okay, so when I when I started She the Social, like I said, I was like, okay, cool, six months, whatever, like if I do it. And then I think like three months into that or so when I started to like get clients and I could pay bills and like I was actually talking to a guy on the coast about this the other day where it's like you go through that when you're literally just starting a brand and you're like, okay, how many clients do I need to pay bills at a bare minimum? And even that feels like a huge hurdle. Um, I remember doing that and being like, okay, if I can get, you know, three clients on, I can pay my bills a client on top of that, I can buy groceries, a client on top of that, I can actually like afford clothes and subscriptions. Like, and you just kind of like calculate this, like, I don't know, like client base that you need to actually live. And then when you hit that, you're like, oh my gosh, like I have a business. Like, and I remember, I genuinely remember early days, like paying for bills and being like, I am paying for this from people paying me to do this stuff. Like it just felt wild. Like I was like, and I knew I was giving them the value and it didn't feel weird in that way but it just felt I was like oh my gosh I'm actually doing this so that was cool and then the biggest thing for me from there though was like okay now I've got this established like hiring just felt like something that I would never do almost literally in those early days I was like I don't think I'll ever hire because I was like okay there's super I don't understand super I don't understand tax I don't know how to write a contract even having someone sign a contract that was mine felt really formal and like it just felt really intimidating the whole thing felt really like just too far ahead of what I could possibly do. Um, and then once I had Steph interning, she had um, just finished her degree and one of our friends ended up getting us to meet up because she was like, oh, she needs an internship. And we met up and I was like, cool, she's, you know, she's really cool. She can jump in and um, intern with me. And then like, I, I needed help at the time. Like when she was wrapping up her internship, I was like, I actually can't do this without her. Like I'd, I'd like... I need support on this and because she'd finished her degree I was like hey if you want to do a little bit here um do you you know feel like you want to jump in and like work a little bit with me and I hired her which felt massive at the time for four hours a week I was like four hours a week like I'm paying someone I'm paying someone else four hours a week to work on my business and it just was like felt like a crazy move to take but um I worked out and you know she ended up working up to part-time and, you know, doing two or three days a week. And then she worked up to full-time with me and she was full-time with me for two years before she jetted off to Sydney earlier this year to, you know, live a dream, which I was so proud of her for doing. So, um, yeah, she was a massive, massive part of the evolution of that brand, um, which she knows I always have massive love for her for. Um, but yeah, it was really, it was a really cool process to like hire my first person because I think it was actually good doing it in such a gentle way, like four hours a week, which I know sounds so dumb, but it was, it was huge at the time. Look at us doing this podcast. Yeah. You are literally on I'm the tagline. Steph's in Sydney. <laughs> And thank you so much for living in Brisbane. Anyway, thank you, COVID, <laughs> for keeping Steph away. I'm kidding. I love you, Steph. She's going to listen to this and be like, oh, my gosh, you guys. <laughs> no, but one day I can promise you camera and audience, Lauren will represent Dash in an official sense. And we are very ready for it. Even though, okay, And it may on only be doing the flowers for an event because I have completely moved away from marketing the industry. And it might be because Dash never gave me the start I deserved. And I apologize for that, <laughs> but I am not going to apologize to the floristry industry for the beautiful, beautiful flowers you're about to bring in. So that was, that was chapter one of getting to Dash, pretty much. Wouldn't you agree? Like that was, that was the lead up. And that was what I wanted to cover in this chapter of the um series I was like there was just so much before 
dash of milk became a brand. So I just wanted to kind of cover that off in episode one. But is there anything that you would sort of add to that? Do you think that we've covered it all? No, I think this has been a great lead up to what is about to come in episode two. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you guys for jumping on and we will see you in episode two.